So good evening, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Lampo Show podcast. I am Tina Lampo, entrepreneur, digital content creator, and your host. The Lampo Show podcast is a platform where the good, the bad, and the ugly of long-distance relationships and intercultural marriages between American women and men from the continent of Africa can openly and truthfully be discussed. Tonight on the show with us, we have Miss LaKendra Ukamadu. Hi! <laughs> and Kendra... She's going to share her journey and what it has been like with her for her thus far being in this type of intercultural marriage. Um, Miss Kendra, if you would like to go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience, we will go ahead and get jump get this interview started. Hello, everybody. Again, my name is LaKendra Bowden Ukomadu, and I am a Nigerian wife. Okay. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started with this uh, podcast, this this interview. So Miss LaKendra, do you mind telling us how you met your Nigerian spouse? Oh my God. To be honest, I didn't even uh, know how I met him. Um, it was like, I don't know how this brother end up in my inbox. And then he was on my Facebook page and I didn't even know that, um, that he was even my friend, you know, mm -hmm. one day I, I started posting, I saw him liking my pictures and everything else. Um, and I was like, where did this brother come from? You know, and then he started, hi, how are you beautiful? And I just ignored him. Like, who is this crazy person? <laughs> then I saw that he was in another country. I'm like, oh, no, that's a scammer right there, you know? And I'm like, I'm going to have to block him. And he sent me a message. And he just, just, one day I was bored and I was intrigued to find out if this was a real person or not. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I found out that he was real. And we began talking and I was like, mm -mm, I do not like him. <laughs> I do not like him. He was so persistent. And I'm like, he could be a killer or anything. You know, he was so persistent and um, just, you know, we should be in a relationship. I'm like, we only been talking a week. What's happening right now? <laughs> so he chased me for a while and eventually maybe about three months we were together we were together he ended up um he ended up kind of wearing on me and now I'm here I, that's just all I know <laughs> Miss Kendra is there an age difference between you and your husband one year oh. I'm 42 and he's 43 okay so he's the oldest yes okay so have you ever been married before has he ever been married before well, um, he, he told me he hasn't been married before. Let's start there. I've been married once before. I was married uh, 10 years prior to uh, marrying my husband now. Okay. So how long? I'm sorry. I was divorced for 10 years before marrying my husband. Okay. So how long did mm -hmm. you two communicate back and forth before things got really serious? Like, uh, the dating engagement things like that you know what it's crazy and I know people gonna think I'm crazy but literally we talked for three months and then 
we were engaged and then bam we got married well, like, like I mean, that. it's kind of like my story too. I I've talked back and forth with my husband for five months, and then we got he asked me to marry him, and we went from there. Which I pursued him, but he asked me to marry me. So, in five wow. months, six months, we were married. So I don't wow. think it's crazy. So I mean, hey, things happen. Time waits for it no does. one. Your time waits that, for no one. If you're it. gonna do something, do it. You know, if it don't that's work it. out, if it don't work out, it don't work. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I, I went ahead and I did it because, um, you know, time waits for no man. And you can be in a relationship for 10 years, get married, and all of a sudden the marriage don't work. So I thought about that. At first I was like, okay, everybody going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> you know, I, I got all the questions like, how much is he paying you? And, um, you know, crazy stuff. Have you lost your mind? Are you um, feeling some kind of way? Are you depressed right now? All kind of crazy stuff because I chose to follow this path of mm-hmm. being with this man and marrying him. So it was hard. It was hard, but we did it. We mm-hmm. did it. So do you mind me asking what is his occupation? What does what does he do in, in Nigeria? He's a businessman. He owns a couple barbershops and a restaurant. Okay. And he's, but it's not in Nigeria. He actually lives in Mauritania. He's from Nigeria. His people are in, in Nigeria, which made it a little more crazier. <laughs> but he was living in Mauritania when I met him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, yes. he don't live in Nigeria. Okay. He does not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was it like preparing for your trip to go there? Like getting your visa, your, your visa, your passport, things like that. Was it an easy process for you? No, it was not. It was not easy at all. Um, when I decided to go there, it was probably the beginning of December. Um, he had to travel from Mauritania to Nigeria, maybe about three weeks before me to mm-hmm. try to get things in order um, because we decided to go ahead and get married in Nigeria so that his mother can be part of the union. You know, his mom was in Nigeria. So we decided to do it around Christmas. So I started planning the 1st of December um, of 2019 and thinking that's enough time to get the visa, to get the ticket. But when I say everything kind of flew at us to stop it, Jesus, okay? Um, It was not easy. My passport I got the passport. That was easy. That came Mm -hmm. back in maybe about a week and a half. But the visa, the visa came one day before I was to leave. (laughs) One day before it was time for me to leave. Wow. So I was on pins and needles. I had a non-refundable ticket. Had it not came, I just would have lost $3,400 that I paid to go to Nigeria on a loan. Look, <laughs> had wow. to take a loan for the ticket because the visa hadn't came back and the ticket had went up. So the ticket they didn't want to switch it out, but they did for an extra one thousand and something dollars. So it was like thirty four hundred. And I mean, it was just crazy. When I got to Nigeria, I think I went to Nigeria with literally forty dollars in my pocket. Wow. <laughs> How did you manage to do that? You know, I really didn't know what to expect. Being from 
um, here from America, mm-hmm. from where we are from, the men here, you know, we, we were brought up a certain way. So yes. if a man wants to court you, then that man is going to take care of what he needs to take care of. But when you start talking about marriage and, and, and all those things, then normally the man handles everything. Mm-hmm. So although I was going to a different country, yes. in my mind, it was like really scary to just go and do this but at the same time I said if this man want to marry me then he got me he got to he got to <laughs> take care of everything he got to do it he got to do it so I went off a wing and a prayer trusting God praying a lot Lord Jesus be with me stop me if this is not what I'm supposed to do and you know that was it I took a chance but the thing of it is you take a chance mm-hmm. when you meet somebody right where you are yes you most know? definitely yes so girl listen people, I tell people all the time honey I was scammed by men in America right here by right men that that here. that got me pregnant yes. and left me as a single parent to, to care for these Come kids that's a scam within itself uh, yes it is so yes it is I know about it yes I do and you know people I started getting all type of questions um right before I did go men here oh um you got to go all the way across the seas to get married when you could get married right here why why are you going what's so different about him than me you know I'm asking you to marry you why can't you marry me you don't even know him you know and I'm like yeah but I know you (laughs) that's why I'm not married So, yes. Oh, it was a process. It was. So once you got there and you finally landed on the grounds of Africa, what were your thoughts? Yes. How did you feel in that moment? I was so nervous. It felt um, unreal. You know, when I stepped off that plane, I didn't know what to expect. And then I'm like, I'm going to the motherland. So that's exciting. But I'm going to meet this, you know, man for marriage. And that's exciting. And, you know, just my stomach was just all over the place. I was Mm -hmm. all over the place. And I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't ready for what I experienced in the airport. So that was like a shock to me. What happened in there? You know, coming oh my gosh in the airport I want to say the the cops was trying to bribe me from left to right from the time I stepped off the plane they saw me as an open target you know when I got off the plane it was like oh sister you need help come on I can show you where to go um what you gonna what you gonna give me which what gift you gonna give me for walking you down here so I get to the counter and the guy at the counter says, come on, let her up, let her up. He he lets me pass a couple people that was in front of me for whatever reasons. And I'm just thinking like, well, maybe he see I'm struggling with my bag mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm thinking he just, you know, thank God he's being nice. And he, he processes my stuff and he say, now what you got for me? Letting you uh, come to the front. Then I, I went from there to the, the guy's with the um the push cart for your bags and they we got it sister we got it they go get my bags they put it on the cart and they say we can't give you your bags until you gift us 
And then when I see the police standing, like, you know, right where when you exit out of the airport, I'm like, okay, thank God, you know, there go the authorities. I get to the police, it's like five cops all in a row standing where you cannot pass them. And so they make sure you you didn't bring anything with you. They ask you, did you bring anything? No. Okay, what you going to gift us with? Each one of us. You got to give each one of us a gift. So I I wasn't ready for it, to be honest, and and I don't mean any harm to anybody that's watching this, but to this date, going to that airport is so traumatic. It's traumatizing. It's traumatizing. The the second time I went, they got me out of $225 in less than 10 minutes from the beginning of the airport to the end of the airport. And so I had to learn to just say no, and it was going to be all right. So it was a process. That was a process all in its own. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when you got there, did you stay at a hotel? Did you stay at the village with a family or... So when I got there, um, I flew into Lagos, Nigeria. He, we had to travel to Abba, uh, Nigeria, Abia State. And that was a distance. So <laughs> me thinking we were going by plane, we did not go by plane. I stayed in Lagos that night. We, early the next day, we went and found God is Good bus station. <laughs> and we got on the bus wait a minute to travel <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it's like our greyhound in a way mm-hmm. they have several transportation stations but what i did not know is the distance that i was getting ready to travel you know he was trying to tell me you're strong you're strong for doing this you're strong but I didn't quite understand it until we got on that bus mm-hmm. and did not at 6 a.m and didn't reach our destination to after midnight oh my what yeah so we did end up staying in a hotel in Abia um, where we were greeted by his brother and whom I thought was his brother's wife. That's a whole nother story. The what? And um, yeah, I was greeted. I thought I was greeted by the brother and his wife. And the whole stay, I was just calling the lady his wife, his wife, his wife. Who was and she? so I found out she was his not wife. She was his. I don't know what you call a side chick. Oh, my goodness. In which she didn't even know until after we married that she was the side chick. So that's a whole story in itself. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to stop you, right? She was whose side chick? The guy or your husband? The brother. The brother. brother. Okay, the brother's side chick. The brother's side chick. Wow. and, And the brother is sweet as pie. I don't mean to put his business on the floor but it was just like shocking all the way around and I'm not gonna lie when I found out that this was the brother's side chick of course in my mind it was like um so is this something that y'all do because by the time I found out we had said I do that was the point when I found out that this was not the brother's wife indeed this was uh, a lady who thought she was the wife to be, and she was not. She was a wow. side chick. Yes. 
So it it was it was crazy. It was so crazy. How, so how did your family feel about you being in this type of relationship, Kendra? They thought I had lost my mind, okay? And that's what made it even harder because um it's not easy being in a um interracial uh, excuse me an interracial relationship whether you were a white person and you're black or wherever that difference come in between but to be with somebody that's in a whole nother country and feeling like you're just all alone with no support you mm-hmm. know people think you're crazy your family just think you didn't fell off your rocket and it's just like it makes you feel some type of way mm-hmm. thank god i found a group I found a group on Facebook that was supportive. Had it not been for those ladies, I don't know what I would have done. And that's, and for, that's the case that. with all of us because nobody understands yes. what we go through. And you got you to gotta, you gotta talk to women that's going through what you're going through. Or you yes, just you don't do. have that support. You don't have it. That's so true mm-hmm. because the people closest to you are going to shun you. I don't care how many years you and that girlfriend been girlfriends or, you know, who, whatever best friend you got, they're going to think you crazy too. Yep. So those support groups are very important. If you think about going this way and, and trying a relationship that's, you know, on an international level like this. So does your spouse have children? <laughs> oh my god y'all don't think all this crazy okay when i met him he told me he had one child that was not long born when we met and that the he had never met the child a son because the lady left when she was pregnant and went to another country he had never met the child mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm. had me scratching my head too so to this day I never met the child but before I married him he told me the child was just born you know the year prior to to us marrying we got mm-hmm. married in December the baby's birthday is in December and he told me that the baby was like just getting ready to turn one but somehow that little boy, I saw a picture of that baby not long ago. He looks like he's like eight or nine years old. So I don't know what kind of Cheerios he's been eating, but yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that the only child that he has? Hmm. Nope. Oh, wow. It's not. That's the only child that he was supposed to have before we got married unfortunately um this is the reason why why i'm probably on here today because um i found out that he had a baby during the marriage um oh wow i'm so sorry no thank you that was my christmas present to find out my husband had a baby by another woman or should i say a young girl how young is the girl she looks to be about 14 or 15 years old, to be honest. Um, wow. She, I'm going to tell you, um, when I went to Nigeria the second time, I went to Nigeria the second time to 
um, go spend time with my husband and my in-laws. And I had just rented a house in Port Harcourt. Mm -hmm. So we had renovated this house out and my husband went before me. He was coming from Mauritania again. He went before me to make sure that all the renovations that I had ordered to this house was being done and put things in order. And I'm ordering furniture to the house. And just, I tried to Americanize the house so that when my children come, you know, if they felt, you know, like funny for the first time coming, at least when we go home and shut the door, they had a sense of America, you right, know, so right. I, I Americanized the house on purpose. Um, it was a three bedroom, four bathroom, beautiful house. The governor um, owned this house that lived in Port Accord, that was over Port Accord. And um, we were fortunate to get it. And I mean, it's hard for me to talk about because it's just hard, but we got that house. I went to make sure things was put in order. And the first night I was there, he asked me to walk to the little store to get some waters with him. That was like cat a corner to where we live. Mm -hmm. So I walked out with him and there was a young girl on the corner selling corn. And he said, um, oh, this is my wife. Uh, meet my, my um, little friend. And the young girl responded and I looked at her and I remember thinking this little girl is about 13, 14 years old. And she looked at me and she said, hmm, when are you leaving? The what? She said, when are you leaving? And I remember looking at her and I said, that was very rude, honey. You don't ask a grown woman, when are they leaving? Do you have a problem with me being here? And she laughed and said, oh, no, 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 no. Um, I didn't mean it like that. I said, well, it sounded like you're ready for me to go. Is there a problem? And she said, oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to know how long you were staying. And I said, well, that's an odd question. Instead of saying, hi, my name is, or I said, that's really odd. But just to let you know, I might stay forever. And I remember her looking at me very odd. I said, only the Lord knows. Mm -hmm. And I remember her looking at me very strange. And I can think about those type of things now, mm -hmm. looking back. And I remember turning to him, looking at him, and he gave me this look and just started laughing. And when we walked away, I said, um, you haven't been like allowing this little girl to talk with you or you haven't been talking to her in any type of way to make her think that it's okay for her to like you because that's a little girl. And he laughed. He said, no, 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 not at all. I said, because she definitely has a crush or something. Something is wrong. I mm -hmm. said, you better not entertain that. That's danger. And I remember him laughing and he just laughed it off. And from that day, I was there for two, a little over two weeks the whole two weeks we would pass her, I noticed that when we walked past her stand where she's selling this corn with this other lady, he would just take the corn off the grill. And I thought that was strange, you know, and then he'll double back and put money in her cup. He wouldn't ask like everybody else that was standing in the line, hey, can I get a piece of corn or can I get, he would just take it off the grill. 
And I was watching like everything that was happening, everything that was going on. And I remember looking her in her face and I remember looking at the distinctive mold that was mm-hmm. over her, her lip and just noticing things, not even trying to notice it, but you notice things that stands out, you know? And so I saw it, but I didn't see it because when you look at a child that looks like she's about 13 years old, you're not going to say, hmm, when you, your husband in his 40s. You understand what I'm right, saying? Right. So um, I remember when I got ready to leave and I had to pass her, she was so friendly. Oh, see you later. Bye. Bye. She was so excited. Maybe she, she was glad that. you was getting out of there. I remember that. So that happened and I left. Um, and he was so distraught when I left, supposedly. I ended up telling my mother-in-law that she could stay in the house because we weren't going to be staying there fully just when I come in, you know, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So they told me that her roof was caving in and everything else and she needed a place to stay, which caused me to get this big house so that mama would have a place to stay. So what was odd to me was that when I came, I don't want to jump too far. I'm going to let you ask the questions. The experience of when I came, I'll say that. And when I left, mama was supposed to be coming to this house. They told me mama needed a house. But yet when I left, not even two weeks later, they told mama to, to go from the house. I'm gone. This house that I got was big enough just because they were, oh, mama, mama house is this and mama house is that. I said, no problem. We're going to make her comfortable. I bought her all these clothes and things to make her comfortable in the house. I bought everything in that house from the dishes to the forks to the drapes. I had the drapes made, my sheets sewn and just the kids sheets and covers sewn together, you know, that was in the house. And, um, just to make it my own, to make it our own. To be as, comfortable. As couple, and to be comfortable and have the children comfortable. And I wanted to make his mother comfortable because of the things that they had told me she had been through and her struggles. And I said, this woman of her age deserves to live better. Mm-hmm. You know, she deserves a, a life. So I got things in the house just to make her comfortable where she would not have to do the things that she had been doing. And yet I leave and I find out that the mother was sent away from the house. <laughs> so anyway, um, and I'll let you ask the questions and I'll come back to it, but I'm just going to give you the roundabout to keep it going. <clears throat> the little girl who was selling the corn on the corner. Uh, on my next visit, I came, I kept having dreams and God just kept giving me these visions of this, this, this girl or this woman with my husband. Mm. And I kept getting this little feeling in my stomach that we as women get when something is not right. So as I got this feeling, my husband called me out the clear blue sky. Now I'm here in, in America. He's in Mauritania. And he calls me and he says, I decided to move to Nigeria. And I said, how many years have it been since you've been in Nigeria? It's been like 30 years. Excuse me. No, I'm wrong. 20 years since he lived in Nigeria. 
And out the clear blue sky, he jumps up and says, I decided to move to Nigeria. I'm going to go to the house. So when I asked him, but why are you going to the house all of a sudden? You haven't priorly discussed this with me or nothing. You mm -hmm. just upped and said you want to move back to Nigeria. He said, well, I'm doing this for our marriage. And, you know, just to make sure the house is okay and everything, I'm going to just move back there and this, that, and the other. So he goes back there in February of last year, the end of February of last year. He calls me um, in March. And, oh, everything is fine. Would you like me to move mama back in? I said, of course. Why not? Move her back in. She wasn't never supposed to leave. Excuse me. He claims he moved his mama back in and this, that, and the other. And then April comes. He says, um, oh, are you coming? Um, are you coming? When are you coming? Let me know when you're coming. And I said, well, why do I have to let you know if you're there? You know, if I come, then I'll just come. No, let me know because anything can happen. Let me know when you come. Mm. So little things started looking some type of way. His birthday, he didn't answer the phone. His birthday, April 1st, didn't answer the phone. Um, picking arguments just because out the clear blue sky, nothing happened. Um his mom ended up getting sick. He told me the mom was sick. He started panicking. Um, her legs started deteriorating out the clear blue sky. And he was panicking, saying he needed help. You know, uh, this, that, and the other all of a sudden. After acting funny in April. So anyway, I showed up in May. I popped up and I showed up in May because I wanted to see what was going on. I told him literally one day before getting there, I'm on my way. And I can hear the panic in his voice. So I go and I travel all the way from America to Nigeria. And strangely, he's not at the airport to meet me. He's not at the airport. He sends the driver. The driver says, oh, your husband got stuck in ABBA. I said, you mean Porter Court? He says, no, he got stuck in ABBA. And I said, but why would he be in ABBA and we live in Porter Court? He said, I don't know, but he's stuck in ABBA and he'll be here tomorrow. I'm going to take you to the hotel and get you settled in. And I, I just felt something going all through my body. So the next day, my husband comes. He's very nervous. He's looking at me strange. You know, we decided to catch a plane. We were getting ready to catch a plane to Porter Court, where the house was supposed to be. And he pulls me to the side and he said, don't go crazy, but I want to show you something. And he shows me a picture of my furniture in a whole new house, in an apartment, to be exact. Hold on. <laughs> where, wait a minute. Where is that? What happened to the house? At this time, he says, I'm sorry, but the house was too much for me to handle. So I had to move the house and make it more comfortable for mama. And I said, wait a minute. The house that I got, <laughs> the house that I got with my furniture, my everything, in this house, then put all this money into renovating it, 15000 to be exact, <laughs> American dollar. 
to renovate this house, Americanize it, flat screens all around the house. I mean, Americanize it down to the wire, washers and dryers and this and that and the, the ice maker refrigerators and the new this and the new that. I mean, this house was decked out. Okay, and I looked at him and I remember laughing because I thought it was a joke. I said, this has to be a joke. Did you sell my furniture to somebody? Why would you do that? And he said, well, let's just go and I'll show you. <laughs> we caught the plane to Port Court where he had his cousin pick us up and drive us to Abia, to Abba. We went to Abba, pulled up at this apartment, and lo and behold, everything, no, correction, half of my stuff was in the apartment, half, <laughs> in a two-bedroom apartment, okay? Instead of my three-bedroom, two-living room, two-dining-room, four-kitchen, <laughs> four-bathroom home that was decked out, he pulls up to a two-bedroom apartment, okay? And at this time, I remember looking at him like I wanted to choke him, literally. And I said, where is my house and where's the things? You got to understand, it was so hard. You, you wouldn't help me. What do you mean I wouldn't help you? I did everything. I did everything. Well, they came up with a water bill. A water bill? <laughs> What in Nigeria and then they came up with a light bill and I couldn't handle the water or the light bill so I had to get rid of the house he sold your house he got rid of my house wow and uh, listen the apartment didn't even have a refrigerator in there I paid money for the refrigerator and stove that was in my house because I wanted one similar to the one here. I got had a better refrigerator there than I ever had here. And stove, okay? And this man got rid of all my appliances. And I, I can't even say got rid of, but it wasn't there. All my appliances, uh, my kids' bed, bedroom set, all of it was gone. <laughs> even the covers all of it was gone nothing was left so oh, wow. I walk into one of the rooms at the house and I found it strange that when I looked around I didn't see his stuff in there but what I did see is my brand new sheets that I had made for me and my husband's bed was shredded like they've been slept on over and over and over again <laughs> so I remember like his cousin was even nervous you know you could just see the nervousness in his face and the cousins and I remember him saying well my cousin is going to spend a night and I just looked at him I'm your wife you know, we haven't had a honeymoon. COVID has separated us. We were apart for nine months after marriage, newlyweds. Nine months. We didn't get a honeymoon or nothing because COVID was like, hello, I'm here. And everybody else knows the story. We were separated for nine months right after saying I do. And here I go. And you're saying, oh, my cousin's going to spend a night. 
Hope you don't mind. So his cousin spent the night three nights in the in a row, and I felt like it was more of him guarding him mm-hmm. than okay, the cousin is spending the night. So I started picking up on this, but let me go back. The first night I was in the house, I took my shower out, laid in the bed. And when I laid in the bed, the Lord gave me a vision instantly. And in this vision, I heard this noise and I was getting up off the bed that I was laying in, in this vision. I was getting up off the bed and I heard this noise banging up against the wall. And I remember getting up to find out where this noise was coming from. And I walked to the bathroom door that was in my room, opened it up, and there was a woman on top of him, screwing him, okay, in the bathroom. And I remember popping out of this vision and jumping straight up out the bed as if I was gasping for air. And I said, <gasps> and he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, tell me why. I said, I know God gave me this vision. You cannot tell me this was not God. Why did I have a vision such as this? And he said, what? Tell it to me. Tell it to me. And as I described this vision to him, I described the woman that I saw. And I never will forget it looked like he saw a ghost. And I remember him turning to the wall, facing the wall, and he did not turn back. And I asked him, I said, why are you facing the wall? I said, did the Lord just show me reality? Oh, no, 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 you're just tired. You're just tired. You just need a good rest. But his mouth, I remember him doing this and like he was so nervous and so disturbed in his spirit. The next day, I asked him, could I use his phone to call my children because mine was not working. And I remember uh, there was a young pastor that came over before I asked him to use his phone. It was me, him, my brother-in-law, my mother-in-law, and this pastor that came over that said that my husband had called him to pray over our marriage and, you know, just pray for us to have children and just whatever. It was strange because I had no warning of what was happening or what was about to take place. And this guy just pops up and say, yeah, I'm Pastor so-and-so, and your husband called me in to come pray over you, and this, side and the other. And I just kept feeling something. So the guy said, first, I'm going to break bread with y'all. We're going to eat, and then we'll do the prayer. So as they were eating, that's when I got up and I said, I need to call my children. Can I see your phone? He gave me the phone. I went in the room to talk to my children, and I remember the phone falling out of my hand as God is my witness. Hmm. The phone fell out of my hand as if somebody slapped the phone to the floor. And I remember saying, that was strange. What in the world? And I picked the phone up and it was on his pictures, but not his regular gallery. Mm. It was a gallery like, you know, you got to put a code in Mm -hmm. to access. (laughs) But it was no code that I put in. The phone fell to the floor hard. And on this picture was the same girl that sold the corn on the corner in my bed, half naked, smiling. Wow. So as I began to call him into the room, I think I was in shock. I called him into the room to say, 
what is this? What the heck is this? Before I could, I couldn't even think. Mm-hmm. And he looked at the phone and ran out. He ran back into the living room. And I remember going to the living room door and I said, excuse me, because I knew the pastor was in there and, you know, his people. And I said, excuse me, honey, can you come here so we can discuss what what I asked you about? He said, no. I said, can you please come here? He said, no, (laughs) I'm not coming. So I said, if you don't come, then I'm going to discuss this in front of everybody. He said, I'm not coming. (laughs) So I already knew from that point so Mm -hmm. as I began to discuss it in front of everybody he got up to try to take the phone and when he tried to grab the phone the phone swiped to the next picture Uh uh-oh it swiped to the next picture see God got a way of letting you know he swiped his own phone to the next picture and on the next picture I see my husband naked in the bed with the girl who was on the corner selling the corn on top of him while he sleep she's naked and she took a selfie smiling like yeah I'm here and so as I go through these pictures there's one of her at the dinner table eating with his mom there's one of her on the couch in her little girl panties and nighty um on my couch there's one of her everywhere all around the house Mm. So this is how I discovered that my husband, that's 40-some years old, was sleeping with this little girl in my house, in my bed, my loving brand-new husband. And and you know, that's why we have to tell people, we have to be careful because the whole family be in on this, they be in on it. And I'm glad you said that because that brought me to what I was about to say. When I asked him, I said, and I'm not going to lie, I said, you better get to talking because your mama not going to have a son in a minute. And I don't care. I said, no disrespect to you, pastor, but this is my husband. So therefore, you better get to talking before your mama don't have a, a, a son, period. And his mom and his brother jumped up and told me to calm down. Now, the last picture I saw was the picture of the little girl laying on top of his him while he was sleeping. Okay, naked. So before I saw the picture, the mom and the brother was like, calm down. That's my niece. The brother said, that's my niece. And I looked at his mom, the mother that he says don't know how to speak English. I love mom. I don't mean no harm, but I don't believe none of this no more. The mom who didn't supposed to speak English turns to me and say, my brother's child, my brother's child, that's my brother's child. (laughs) And the brother say, would I lie to you? Would I lie to you? I said, I don't know who's lying to me at this point. I said, but why would your brother's child be in my bed, butt naked? Oh, she spent the night. And as I was asking that question, I flipped to the last picture. Lo and behold, with the naked little girl on top of my naked husband. And when I, before I turned it around, I said, you know, I'm a woman of God. I said, before you open your mouth and tell me a lie, 